Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. The World Economic Forum, in its hedonistic and narcissistic desires, has wreaked havoc on the world population. Are free people finally aware that this precursor to the new world order is not playing around? What in the world are these elitists doing? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest, direct from South Africa. Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and the chairman of the Reformation Society. He's the author of several best-selling books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam, The Historical Roots, and the contemporary threat. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. (laughs) Welcome back, Peter. Thank you so much, Audrey. Good to be back with Real Talk. Oh, it's great to have you back with us. And we're going to jump right in here. The new, uh, the Green New Deal, in its many forms and applications, has destroyed Sri Lanka and is affecting, um, I, I understand, South Africa as well, and the Netherlands, where Dutch farmers are protesting. Um, a South Africa entrepreneur said, eating bugs is better than eating steak. And the echo freaks uh, <laughs> blame cows for a large part of CO2 emissions. Now, but we also know that back in 2017, UN official Christiana Figueres made a stunningly honest confession at a news conference in Brussels. Figueres admitted that the global warming conspiracy set by the UN, UN's framework convention on climate change had a goal not of environmental activists to save the world from ecological calamity, but rather to destroy capitalism. So, Peter, isn't this their roundabout way of, well, starving us to death because people like Bill Gates want fewer people breathing on this planet? Well, I don't know that's very roundabout because agricultural suicide leads to national suicide, which leads to famine and genocide and mass starvation and You know, bear in mind that we had this uh, Georgia Guidestones, which very interestingly suddenly seemed to uh, get hit by something. I don't know whether it was lightning or a bomb, (laughs) but it's interesting that they tore it down before doing forensics on if it was a bomb, then why are they dismantling it before any forensic investigations can be done? But on the Georgia Guidestones, they spoke about keeping the world's population under 500 million. Now, you know, last we checked, we got way over 8 billion people in the world. So that's something like 8 billion superfluous, unnecessary, useless eaters, to use their terminology, or oxygen thieves, that they'd like to get rid of. And uh, that's awfully suspicious. Now, bear in mind that not that long ago, most countries were food sufficient and most people in the world were nowhere near danger of of, um, uh, starvation. Mm -hmm. But now Rhodesia, where I was brought up, uh, was betrayed in the hands of, communist terrorists uh, supported by Red China, uh, Robert Mugabe's crowd. And that was uh, one of 
Jimmy Carter's a great legacy. So Jimmy Carter betrayed Rhodesia at the hands of the communists. That was one of his last legacies, along with betraying uh, Persia, Iran, at the hands of the Ayatollah crazies. We're not over that one yet. And Rhodesia, which used to export food dramatically, feed itself and all that, suddenly 5,600 commercial farms were taken over by the state. And, you know, Audrey, you would be shocked to hear that, would you believe it, the nationalized state-controlled farms failed to produce food. I mean, who would have guessed? And suddenly the country is facing starvation. And instead of being the biggest, uh, not just feed of the country, but employer uh, and biggest uh, uh, supply of foreign uh, currency and so on, agriculture died in Zimbabwe. And since then, since the year 2000, since the land reform, I think they called it, I would have called it decolonization, sort of like what Lenin and Stalin did to the poor Ukraine. But since then, they've needed thousands of millions of tons of food aid to be shipped into the country, free to keep them from starving. More than half the population of Zimbabwe have fled, destabilizing countries all around, putting extra strain on the economies of Malawi and uh, Zambia and South Africa and other places where they fled. So more than half the population has fled. Unemployment is 96%, 96% unemployment, and a $100 trillion note couldn't buy a loaf of bread. And that's off they knocked 16 zeros off the currency. So Amazing what agricultural suicide can do for a country. And then uh, you come to, some, to South Africa. South Africa in 1994, which is when St. Nelson Mandela became the new living god of South Africa, deified by the world and all that. Uh, when he took over, we had 70,000 commercial farmers in South Africa, almost all white. So these 70,000 white commercial farmers um, provided food for 100 million people, which is pretty impressive considering South Africa's population is only 28 million. But uh, today, we have less than 30,000 commercial farmers left in South Africa because the government's been waging a war against farmers. And uh, as a result, not just terrorism, but expropriation of farms and so on. So that now we've got 40, sorry, 30,000 farmers, less than 30,000 farmers feeding less than 40 million people, which is still impressive, but our population's more than doubled from 28 million up to over 60 million. So that means we're no longer food sufficient. So not only do we need to import food, but the people we used to feed all the way up to the Congo now have to find other sources of food. And do you know a huge amount of farmers in Africa are dependent on food from Ukraine and Russia? How interesting is that? And so we've got massive amounts of Africa that is very dependent on uh, at Russia for their food, and uh, they are, because of the sanctions, we've got 35 African countries get their food from Russia and Ukraine. 22 mm-hmm. African countries import the fertilizer from there. Alternatives are seriously lacking, prices are soaring, supplies collapsing, famine is predicted all over Africa, and this isn't just Africa. They've got problems in South America, and uh, all kinds of places are under severe trouble right now. So right now, you can see you, you wage a war against your farmers, you undermine agriculture, and what do you get? You get famine, economic collapse, uh, population moves, all sorts of things. So what they were trying to do in Sri Lanka and what they're trying to do right now in the Netherlands, there's only one possible uh, result to come out of this, and that's famine. People are going to starve to death on a scale we have never seen in our lifetime. 
Yeah, I think that's what they're planning on. And uh, another clue that they want us dead is that in the U.S., we have seen a huge number, I mean, an enormous number of food manufacturing plants explode or go up in flames recently. But it was now revealed that this is happening elsewhere in the world. Uh, North America experienced about 5,417 supply chain disruptions, more than any other developed nation. Then we have Europe, which saw 2,838, and Asia, 2,128. More factory fires occurred in 2021 than any year in recorded history. So what's going on here? Oh, from what I can see... First of all, under the guise of COVID-19 lockdowns, a COVID cult, governments initiated an engineered collapse of the global food supply chain and to starve out the population. And there's going to be widespread famine starvation coming. Food is being used as a weapon to manufacture compliance. Uh, diesel prices have skyrocketed, making farming all but impossible in some areas, simultaneously making the food that does get delivered more expensive. But now there's a huge fertilizer shortage, uh, which isn't helping things. And the mainstream media and ruling class seems hell-bent on our enslavement, and they're continuing to lie, and they're continuing to uh, blame shift. And what about this over 3,000 cattle just keeling over and dying in southwest Kansas? And hundreds of fires, which are obviously acts of sabotage against food facilities around the United States. And speculation is running rampant about how can so many thousands of cattle die immediately at the same time? And uh, there was, uh, you know, the media was saying, oh, it must have been a result of heat, humidity and lack of wind. But as the farmers on the ground say, that's not possible. You wouldn't get them all dropping dead at the same time. In a heat related incident, they couldn't all drop dead at the same time. You'd see a few dead now and a couple scattered amongst it, but never so many at once. So with every passing day, we're seeing globalists, we're talking about World Economic Forum type characters, tearing down something else that's absolutely essential to keep the economy running. I mean, pipelines, international trade, railroads, baby formula manufacturing. And so as the food collapse intensifies, prices are skyrocketing. And the end result is obvious. Widespread food scarcity, sky-high prices, which few are able to afford. But in my country, it's absolutely obvious there's been a war for decades now against farmers. And to think we had countries all over Africa exporting food, and now virtually every country in Africa is dependent on imports, and a lot of those imports come from countries like Ukraine and Russia. I mean, yeah. Ukraine and Russia supply food for more than half of the population of Africa. Oh my and so goodness. the war there means that we are being seriously blocked. And so the WEF supporters are taking steps that will guarantee a coming global food crisis. And every measure the Biden administration stretches to making to control energy inflation is damaging the supply or inflating the price of natural gas, oil, coal, which is essential also to farming. So this is having a huge impact on fertilizer prices, food production. And this all began well before Ukraine. We can't blame it all on Ukraine and Russia's war. No. Uh, because Biden's people have intervened to block freight rail shipping of fertilizer at the most critical time for spring planting. So just before spring, your spring, um, there was suddenly a whole lot of um, Union Pacific suddenly informed uh, the CF Industries of Deerfield, Illinois, the largest American supply of nitrogen fertilizers and a vital diesel engine ad- additive. They issued a press release. So this is April 8th, 2022, Union Pacific informed CF Industries without any advance notice 
It was mandating certain shippers to reduce the volume of private cars on its railroad effective immediately. And Union Pacific is one of only four major rail companies carrying over 80% of all American agricultural uh, rail freight. Yeah. And the CF company CEO, Tony Will, said, the timing of this action by Union Pacific couldn't come at a worse time for farmers. Not only will the fertilizer be delayed by the shipping restrictions, but additional fertilizer needed to complete the spring applications will be unable to reach the farmers at all. So by placing an arbitrary restriction on just a handful of shippers, Union Pacific is jeopardizing farmers' harvests, increasing the cost of foods for consumers. And they noticed that they were just one of 30 companies subject to these severe measures, which was indefinite. And so this is affecting farmers in Louisiana, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, California. The ban affecting nitrogen fertilizers like urea, urea, ammonium nitrate, as well as the diesel exhaust fluid DEF, which is an emissions control product required for all diesel trucks today. Without it, engines can't run. And right. it's made from what they are now saying they're not going to transport. And so these are the largest producers uh, in North America um, and the largest production facilities for these things suddenly arbitrarily told, sorry, you can't use Union Pacific. And to to mandate a significant increase of uh, the corn ethanol for fuel at a time of astronomical fertilizer prices and the fertilizer rail shipping being blocked repeatedly by White House orders. All this is sending corn prices through the roof. And Washington knows this very well. It's deliberate. This is not accidental. It's not that we've got some stupid people in the UN and World Economic Forum and so on. It's that we've got some evil people. Their goal is depopulation. And obviously, wars and manufactured viruses and dangerous medical procedures that they call a vaccine help in depopulation. But there's nothing like a famine to really get rid of multiplied hundreds of millions of people fast. Yeah, well, that's for sure. And why do you think, I mean, just the speculation, what, why do you think they chose this point in time to do this? Oh, well, I don't <laughs> think we need to guess too much because... <laughs> They probably would have spaced this out a bit more and not done it all at one go. But you know what happened in 2016 <laughs> in new elections yeah. uh, when Donald Trump wrecked uh, everything from the perspective of New World Order crowd and uh, draining the swamp and all of this. And he, he got America energy um, independent and self-sufficient and yeah. he managed to uh, stabilize and didn't initiate any new wars. Well, that was like a first for how long? And yeah. with all of these things, they had to get rid of them. And so I think they brought the COVID uh, disease through early and they probably hadn't got it uh, deadly enough. I'm sure they were all very disappointed that didn't kill enough people. Yeah. Um, but at least they were able to use to control people's freedoms and suspend the Constitution and so on. But then there was the strong possibility that that Trump was going to get in again in 2020. So they had to rig and, and do everything for that election. And uh, I think the whole idea now, at this moment, the crisis is that he could win again. He could get back in. And mm. uh, the Biden White House and all the plans of the Democrats is in jeopardy. So hence, we need wars with Russia, proxy war through Ukraine, a possible war with China. And uh, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? A two-front war against two nuclear-armed superpowers. You know, ah, you know, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And uh, that's apparently not enough. We've got to have a, a food supply crisis and worldwide famine. And uh, all the energy crisis, a lot of Europe's going to have a very miserable winter. 
um, when they don't have enough um, fuel. Uh, fuel and gas yeah. uh, for what's coming. So you can just see you've got a perfect storm of chaos. But remember, um, never underestimate the value of a um, useful crisis, according to Vladimir Lenin. Vladimir Lenin said, constructive chaos must never be underestimated. And so the communists even have a, a doctrine about the need to use constructive chaos. Because remember, they believe in evolution. Yeah. They believe that out of nothing came everything. There was a big explosion, and out of the explosion came, well, <laughs> dinosaurs and replicating things and so on. And so if you just throw enough bombs and burn enough things down, paradise, socialist utopia is going to come out of it. Sure, but they'll always be on top, won't they? <laughs> well, that, that's, that's their goal, because when they talk about bring the world's population down, they're not leading by example. It's not like... <laughs> They're volunteering to, to be the ones that are expendable, are they? No, they're not. We we, we go first and they never go last. Uh, so, no, and, no, yeah, indeed. Yeah, they just want a bigger pool. Right, after you. Uh, that's the only time they're they're polite. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, and also, if they're crossing a minefield, you can go first. You can go first, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we have to laugh about it or we'll cry, but we're we're observing this and we have we have to share what we're seeing, and it and it's it seems as if now they can't control themselves because they're almost salivating at the thought that they oh look at all we've accomplished is what they think, and what oh. else can we do. And, you know, they tried the whole thing with the, it wasn't going to work again here in this country, uh, you know, and, and the thing that, the only thing that's holding us back from being New Zealand right now is the fact that we have a Second Amendment and it's never been stronger. So this is the thing that they just can't undermine it. They just, they, they loathe, they almost curse the memory of our founders who yes. base things on the scriptures. They, they curse yes. their memory. I yeah. And you know that that now your the founders and even the constitution itself is continually being attacked. It's all part of the ca cancel culture crowd. Uh, they hate your constitution, so they're trying to demonize the founding fathers of America, which I would have thought wouldn't have been acceptable not even that long ago. But they're pulling down monuments, canceling culture, because the best way to control a people is to destroy their history. Yeah. And, well, and of course, um, get rid of their food. So you notice what's going on in the Netherlands, where a WEF young global leader is the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Rutter, and uh, old um, Klaus Schwab of the WEF has been boasting about him and what a good man he is running uh, Netherlands, running Netherlands into the ground. Can you believe that small country in the Netherlands is the second largest supplier of food on earth after America? It's amazing. It's extraordinary. They've got such an advanced, intensive agriculture form. And now this WEF plan for Netherlands is to to halve their farms, to close down half of the farms in the Netherlands and to cull half of all their cattle. And if you think that's insane, because at a time when people are complaining about famine shortage of food, why would you then try to cull, and all this in the name of global warming, climate change, and too much nitrogen in the soil, and the farmers have reduced nitrogen levels in the Netherlands something like 70%, and now they're being told to reduce it even more. They've done more than any other industry in reducing nitrogen levels. Uh, and besides which, do you know the US government is now demanding um, that a whole lot of your uh, chickens be just uh, killed? Yeah, so, yeah. for example, yeah. in February... Just February of this year, 23 million chickens and turkeys were killed, culled uh, on the orders of the U.S. government because they said uh, they allegedly contained the spread of a disease. Um, and the bird flu, 
which they say uh, they want the USDA wants to kill off millions more chickens in 27 states for sign of bird flu infection. Well, in 2015, there was this H5N1 bird flu virus. It was exposed later as a complete hoax. And right now, the US government, the USDA, is using the same kind of test as this useless PCR test, which is 97% or so false positives. Yes. And these are the same things to decide, oh, millions of chickens need to be killed in turkeys and, and you know, yeah. destroyed, yeah. not not sold for food. Right. Um, and, of course, I don't think you've missed the fact that the price of eggs has skyrocketed in America. And, Everything. And, uh, Everything. It's in some places 300%. It's gone up since November. So uh, to suddenly walk around and say, oh, uh, Netherlands, you've got to cull half your cattle. And um, oh, America, you've got to kill millions of your chickens and turkeys. Well, this this is the way you have famine. It's if an enemy was doing it. But do you know it's even worse than that? Do you know that you have got in America four million acres of prime farmland, which has been ordered not to be cultivated for environmental reasons? Right, right. Uh, yeah. uh, and America is not the only place in the world where crisis in food is developing. This is all over the world, and you can see the WEF. Georgia Guidestones, UN, uh, fingerprints all over the place. This is uh, the Great Reset, which includes getting rid of a bunch of surplus people, which actually I think includes most of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm laughing about it because, again, in, in the United States, as more and more people, unfortunately, I have to agree with Alan, Doc, um, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West when he says, sadly, there are many dumb people in our country, and that's – they're, they're – um, intellectually lazy they they just don't want to inform themselves they don't want to know but more and more are becoming informed about what's actually happening here and again i thank god every day for the founders and that they based our constitution our founding documents on the word of god because god gave us our rights and they can't take them away as much as they work 24 7 365 trying to figure out a way to undermine those rights they have done more to bolster the support for the Second Amendment than anyone else has ever done. So unless they want a civil war, which they will lose because they are afraid of guns and they don't know how to use them, and we do. So, I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, if we have to get down to brass tacks, that, there it is. So you don't want to do that, you know. Yeah, you don't want the civil war. Yes, I, it, it's the fact is the average gun owner in America is a very law-abiding, yeah, calm person who minds their own business and just wants to be left alone. But if you keep prodding the bear and if you keep goading, at some point there's going to be some reaction, and um, yeah. we we can see that all over the world. And the Netherlands, I wouldn't have said the Dutch people protest about much, but the Dutch farmers are rising up in in outrage because here you've got farms that have been in their family for generations, and they're told. You've got to uh, hand it over. And do you know what the Dutch government wants to do with that farmland? What? Use it to build high-density housing for immigrants. Dead oh, my gosh. We hasten to add. <laughs> right now, food exports from the Netherlands generates more than $100 billion a year in revenue. $100 billion a year. Uh, I mean, Netherlands is small. It's like half the size of Indiana. Uh, Netherlands is not a big country, mm -hmm. but they've got such advanced farming. They must be some of the most productive farmers on the planet. And they've been unfairly targeted. Well, the farmers 
have uh, risen up, and I don't know if your news is showing much of it, but they are protesting, they're blocking uh, freeways with the um, uh, their tractors and so on. They've gone to Parliament and have sprayed manure over the Parliament, by the way. <laughs> How apropos. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, well, they, 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 had, they had a message they were trying to send. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I let that, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're standing with them as well. Um, Peter, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? Thank you. Well, my personal email is peter at frontline.org.za. Peter at frontline.org.za. And um, our website is www.frontlinemissionsa.org. The SA standing for South Africa. So frontlinemissionsa.org. That's the website. Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the on air button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info to follow Peter's work. Thanks so much again, Peter, for sharing your brilliant assessments with us. Until your next visit, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Amen to that. Amen.